This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, so you don't have to worry about monthly hosting fees. It has built-in creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can record and edit using your favorite audio recording software and upload it straight to Anchor. Anchor will also distribute your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Pocket Casts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and Anchor will even match you with advertisers as your audience grows. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, Anchor is a pretty great place to start. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H. OR.FM to get started. If I had a nickel for every time someone called Noe a woman in Dorohidoro, I would have two nickels, which is not bad, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Madison, and this week I will be doing a little different from the last, like, three episodes that I've done, or two ep- two episodes? Jeez. Where I've <laughs> talked more about, like, going into the history of a specific artist or genre, and I'm going to talk about a specific anime that I watched fairly recently. So, Suzanne, what do you know, if anything, about Doro Hidoro? Uh, last time you brought it up, I thought of an entirely different anime, and I was, like, very confused when you started bringing up characters that I was like, I don't remember seeing. Granted, I've only, I'd only seen two episodes of that one, mm-hmm. but, uh, literally the only thing I know about Dorohedoro is, uh, it's on Hulu? And that's it. It's also on Netflix. That's where I watched oh, okay. it. <laughs> it it's, pro- it's probably actually Netflix. Yeah. This is how much I know. So... I'm going to be giving a little bit of the history, like, the very brief history of, like, what's on Wikipedia, for people who don't know, because I watch specifically the anime, and I know nothing about the manga. Mm-hmm. But Dorohidoro is written by Q Hayashida, who is a lady, which is nice, because nice. it's, it's definitely a very, like, gory and violent anime mm-hmm. and manga, so, like... I assume, because again, I haven't read the manga, but if it's, you know, if you watch one, you can kind of assume some things about the other. But it's nice that when women are allowed to write, I don't know, violence and horror, because mm-hmm. it's not exclusively for men. Again, I mean, I'm going to be that person, but like, gothic horror <laughs> was created literally by a bunch of ladies, so. Mm-hmm. Rumiko Takashi, I think. I brought her up in the shown an episode, but mm-hmm. she wrote Inuasha and Ranma One Half and Maison Ikoku, which are like very anime horny <laughs> at mm-hmm. times. Uh, Maison, Ma- Maison Ikoku especially. And I remember reading somewhere that it like surprised people at the time that a woman was writing something like that. That she was so good at hitting those like <laughs> horny male oriented anime tropes. Oh my god. Despite listen, being a woman. Consider 
lesbians exist. <laughs> Sometimes we just also want to see pretty girls run around half naked. You know? <laughs> but yeah, she was born in Tokyo in 1977 and made her manga debut with Makin X Another, which was apparently an adaptation of the... Um, 1999 video game, Mackin X, which I know nothing about. This is literally just what I found on, on Wikipedia. And her works include Mackin X Another, which was from 2000 to 2001, which was apparently re-edited and re-released in 2008 as Mackin X Another Jack. Don't know why they chose that as the title. Dorohidoro actually was her, her next thing and she started that in 2000 and it ran until 2018 hmm. so it was definitely long i think i was on call with some friends when i was talking about that and they were like 18 years and i'm like yeah you want to know how long naruto ran for <laughs> you want to know how long like one piece is manga publication dates are long <laughs> it depends if it's like very popular it's funny because like you can be one piece popular where you start in like the 90s and you're still going or, or it could be like gogo 13 which has been running since literally 1968 yeah or you have something that lasts maybe a couple chapters before it gets canceled like i am still mad that kubo tite creator of bleach started writing a story called zombie powder which was legitimately really cool but it got canceled oh what the hell yeah, he, he's never finished it, and then he immediately started work on Bleach, so. No! Go, <laughs> go back to that. What's wrong with you? Right? Is he doing anything right now? Like, come on. He's working on Burn the Witch, which is started as a one-shot, and then he's, like, doing regular series, I think. And it got adapted into, like, a, a movie. A really interesting concept. If you really like Kubo's work, you should definitely check out Burn the Witch. Okay. Good to know. And then she also did Huva in 2011, which was a one-shot. Underground Underground, which was another one-shot in 2012. Hanshin Tigers in 2015. And all of those were written at the same time she was writing Doro Hidoro. Hmm. And her current series is called Die Dark, which she started in 2019. And it's still going. So she was working on those concurrently? Yeah, she was. She did three one-shots in the same time that she was writing Dorohidoro, apparently. How'd she have time? I don't think she had any. I think that's <laughs> the answer, is that she had none. <laughs> so the manga itself is 23 volumes long. In, in Japan, it is currently collected in 23 Tonkoban. Mm -hmm. And... The anime that was just released is 12 episodes, and does that include the OVA? It's either 12 episodes in an OVA or 11 episodes in an OVA. I don't quite remember off the top of my head. But it was produced by M.A. Oh, Mappa. Yeah. Broadcast in Japan on Tokyo MX from January to March of last year, 2020. And then it uh, had its worldwide release on Netflix in May 2020. Um, for anyone who cares, Mappa also did Ira and Ice, Banana Fish, Zombieland Saga, 
I think they're also, yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, wow. So they're just like throwing out real good shit right now. Just bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Damn. Good for them. Yeah. So Doro Hidoro is about the story of the amnesiac reptilian-headed kaiman. He literally has like a lizard for a head. And with his friend Nikaido, they work together to like get his memories back. That's the most basic spoiler-free plot of the show. I'm going to go into a little bit of the setting and the characters and stuff, but because it is fairly new in terms of a show, I'm not going to talk about what spoilers are in the first season, because again, there's only one season of the anime right now. Mm -hmm. Like, if people want to watch it, I don't want to spoil that for them. But there's also only the one season, so like, I can't spoil anything past that anyway. Has a second season been announced? Uh, I believe it got picked up, but I don't know if they officially announced it. Okay. Season two release date. Let's check real quick. Oh no. Well, apparently it has not been officially picked up for a second season yet at least on netflix well it gets pretty common for stuff to get like 12 episodes and then nothing else afterwards and you kind of just have to either live with that or find the manga yeah we're up second season of Oran high school host club <laughs> every day of my life <laughs> every day of my life oh my god Yo, know, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be old, old news, but I am so excited that Devil is a Part-Timer is going to get season two, because I had already accepted in my heart that it was never going to get a second season, and then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, we're bringing back the original cast and doing a season two, and I'm like, is is this a fucking joke? Good for them! Right? Yes, I'm very excited for me personally, and everyone involved. Good for them. I'll sit over here in my corner and, like, mourn the few things that never got picked up. (laughs) However, good for them. So, the setting of the show, it switches between two distinct worlds. There's the hole, which is a dismal post-apocalyptic cityscape where, like, normal humans live. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, the other world, uh, is the sorcerer's world, which is very, you know, creatively named... The home of the sorcerers. And sorcerers are capable of traveling from their world to the hole by summoning magical doors. And, like, another part of the cool character design, which I will get into, is that each of the doors for each sorcerer are, like, completely personalized and and custom. So they're all very visually mm. interesting. Cool. And they are literally just doors that, like, pop up into existence. Mm-hmm. Despite appearing similar, humans and sorcerers are actually two distinct species. Humans evolved naturally like regular people, real life, wow. And sorcerers originated from a primordial devil named Chidaruma. Because, okay, the way sorcerer's magic works is very fun. So they have specialized organs that let them produce smoke, which is the source of their magic, and each sorcerer can use their smoke to do vastly different things. And, like, it's 
you can put smoke in like containers. So there's like a thriving market on like trading smoke to do things, which is interesting too. Mm. Uh, but they also have little tumors in their brain. That's also apparently the source of their power. And, and they're, they look like little, <laughs> little devil imps. <laughs> it's the most jarring, but perfectly fitting thing. Sorcerers regularly visit the hole to practice their magic on humans, which leads to a lot of humans being incredibly disfigured by magic. And hospitals have been established to deal with the numbers of magic victims since literally the power imbalance is immense and there's very little that the human characters can do to defend themselves. If the sorcerer is like, I'm going to come practice my magic on you. I hope you're ready to live with a bug head for the rest of your life. So this is like like an urban fantasy type deal? Yeah, like urban fantasy, but really grungy. I've, um, I've been describing the visual look of it like Studio Ghibli, but if they were evil and fucked up. Because <laughs> truly, it, it gives big spirited away vibes. In terms of, like, the actual set design of, of the backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, way more post-apocalyptic than the spirit world in Spirited Away. However, it's the same sort of, like, vastness, but being, like, still sort of, like, cramped by all of these tall, imposing buildings. Mm-hmm. And when you go over to the Sorcerer's World, it feels a lot more like the... The big palace that they visit in Howl's Moving Castle. Like, it feels like mm. the castle and, like, the town that Sophie grew up in, it, like, looks visually a lot like that. Mm-hmm. So that also gives it a really cool dichotomy of design. Mm-hmm. However, again, Studio Ghibli, but evil. So, uh, Studio Ghibli, if uh, Miyazaki listened to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope y'all have seen that meme, so this will actually be funny to you. Oh man, we can post on Instagram, I suppose, but that (laughs) gets me every time. Oh my god. (laughs) So, getting into the main characters. There is Kamen, who, like, if you know nothing else about Dorohidoro, you've probably seen art of this character, because he's very hard to miss. He has a lizard for a head. But Cayman is a victim of a magical attack that left him with the head of a reptile and no memory of his original identity. And so he works with his friend Nikaido to hunt down the sorcerers who enter the hole so they can... Like, they're going in blind, but they're hoping to find the sorcerer that did it to him. Mm. Like, hoping that that sorcerer comes back to the hole so they can be like, Hey, turn me the fuck back, asshole. (laughs) So far, by the time that we meet them in the anime, this has not happened. But when they're hunting these sorcerers, he, Cayman will will grab them by the shoulders and then put their head in his mouth. No, it's not a vor thing. (laughs) But there is a presence... Like, there's a whole nother dude that lives in his mouth. Um. <laughs> okay. Yes. Believe me, it sounds as crazy as I am, I am saying it. So, does it make sense in 
context or is it still like weird in context? It's still weird. It like it's <laughs> it's still weird. It does sort of show that something more is going on with him than just being the victim of a magical attack, but like even mm-hmm. by the end of the first season, we don't truly know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But the presence Like, the man in his mouth will take a look at the sorcerer that is now just chilling in his mouth and be like, oh, this isn't the one. Being like, this isn't the one that did this to me. How big is his mouth? Uh, it's like the TARDIS, weirdly enough. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Now now this makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Let me step back. His mouth is bigger on the inside and contains a whole dude in it. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Because of magic reasons. (laughs) Alright, gotcha. But so, Cayman will then spit out whoever he shoved in his mouth after a couple minutes and ask him what the dude in his mouth told whoever he just bit down on. Because this is the only lead that he has to finding out his original identity. However, we don't know how he figured that out in the first place. (laughs) So that's still a little confusing. It's fun, though. It's a fun detail. But he's a big himbo. Love that. He's got a single brain cell. Oh. Oh, he loves Nikaido. He loves Gyoza. He loves violence. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> um, a quick definition of himbo for whoever needs it. According to Wikipedia, himbo is a portmanteau of the words him and bimbo is a slang term for an attractive but fakest man. First used in 1988. Yeah. I mean, unless you're into that, I wouldn't say, like, the attractive part qualifies, but he does have the other qualities of a himbo. Like, nothing's going on up here, except for those three things. It's great. (laughs) He's dumb, and he has a heart of gold. He drinks his respect women juice every day. (laughs) (laughs) He's fun. I like him. Nikaido is his best friend and owner of The Hungry Bug, which is a restaurant that makes, you guessed it, exclusively gyoza, which is his favorite thing. (laughs) Um, She lets him eat for free all the time, and it's very sweet. She found Cayman after his initial transformation and helps him hunt down sorcerers in hopes of returning his memories and his face. Uh, She is really cool. She's, I mean... Pretty capable women characters make brain go burr. (laughs) Honestly. But, like, she's very obviously, like, visually feminine, but, like, rides a skateboard with, like, a whole pig on her shoulder, like, a whole piglet on her shoulder to get back to the restaurant to go make fresh gyoza and, like, (laughs) is an incredibly good physical fighter to the point where, like, she, at one point, hits a dude in his face so hard that, like, one of his eyeballs pops out. Oh, fun. Yeah! She's <laughs> awesome. I love her. So, what I'm gathering is this, this is the story of a himbo and her, le- no, a lesbian and her himbo. Uh, I mean, they're, they are, they do have feelings for each other that they do not address oh, okay. or talk about. However, however, these hets get a pass. These hets get a pass. <laughs> Because they are genuinely very cute. They have good chemistry Mm -hmm. and, like, good energy. I mean, partly, of course, that is because, like, the voice actors are doing a good job. But, like, as characters, they have have good 
synergy and the scenes mm-hmm. where where it's usually just focused on them are usually are pretty good and like i usually don't ship like um you know obviously intended cishet characters however <laughs> listen nikaido could very much be bi like she she does give off big bi girl vibes so mm-hmm. I support a himbo and his wonderful bi girlfriend, okay? That's fine. So, moving on to the next character. There is Professor Kasukabe, who I adore. <laughs> he is absolutely unhinged, but keeping it together mad scientist trope. Like, he's competent, but, like, you look at him and you're like, oh, if, like... That man would dissect me the moment I die. He's absolutely unhinged, and I love him. He is a mad scientist who is obsessed with the sorcerers and has studied them intently for decades. When we first meet him, his entire lab is filled to the brim with, like, sorcerers in various states of dismemberment. They're they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> I know that this is a very violent and bloody anime, but let me... They're dead. He does not torture them or keep them alive. Um, but he does collect them. Fun. He collects their masks. Sorcerers have, like, a weird culture where they wear masks in public. It's a weird custom. I guess it just... It's also a custom, but also, like, a fashion thing. Mm-hmm. That's also not really explained, but it's visually... It's cool. Mm-hmm. Which may be the only reason why it exists, is because visually it's cool. <laughs> Who knows? So, although in his 60s, he's baby. He looks like this, he's... Tw- this motherfucker's 60? He's 60. Oh, did you I, just, I just look him up? him up? Yeah, yeah I, I'm looking it up for... Uh, yeah. He's what? 60. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's, like, intended to be black, but he is a dark-skinned character. Mm-hmm. Um, they say black don't crack, but this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks like twenty. He looks younger than me. <laughs> so that is because he was cursed by magic. Oh, there you go. However, it worked in his favor because <laughs> he just became baby forever. He looks like he's nineteen, but he is actually apparently like sixty. And, like, his doctor's coat, like, hangs off him because he's, like, fucking... A beanpole? Twink-sized beanpole. He's... <laughs> I love that on both of his arms he has full sleeves of tattoos. Mm. Because I love that when you remember he's 60 and is, like, a grandpa, <laughs> that she's, like, badass grandpa. But then, as we know him, where he looks like he's 20, it's a fun character design. Mm-hmm. Also, before I go any farther, uh, so Cayman's voice actor in English is actually the main white blood cell from Cells at Work. Oh. <laughs> and Kasukabe's voice actor in English is the den- dendritic cell is also, mm. is also Professor Kasukabe. <laughs> and also Shinichi in... Lupin the Third versus Detective Conan, apparently. Oh, good. <laughs> so he's also Sinichi. <laughs> so the next character is 
Vox, but he's better known by his nickname, which is just Doc, because he works at a hospital. Mm -hmm. He's another human from The Hole. He actually formerly worked for Kasukabe when he was an old man. And then when Kasukabe left to go focus on his sorcerer research, uh, Doc actually took over the hospital that takes care of the victims of sorcerers. I love him. He's got big, like, cool uncle energy. <laughs> like, he's the uncle that takes you to go to, like, concerts and stuff. Uh, he's got, like, um, a tattoo, uh, like a mm-hmm. full face tattoo that I the best way I can describe it is it looks like an old-timey, like, computer printout, like, scan sheet. Yeah, no, it looks like he fell asleep face first on a sheet of graph paper. Yeah, it's a really dumb tattoo. That's a choice. I love it. I I also love that he, like, I'll go into more detail talking about, like, the really good character design, but, like, he's a chunky dude, and it's not, <laughs> like, there's maybe one one joke in good, like, not done in a mean way. Like, it's clearly by two friends who joke about this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, he's never maliciously made fun of for being a heavier set guy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Then we have N, this fucking Jack Skellington, Yu-Gi-Oh having hair looking motherfucker. <laughs> he is a sorcerer and head of his own name. Like, he named his crime syndicate after himself. Uh, I guess he doesn't have a last name, so it's just called the N family. Uh, he runs the crime syndicate that's named after him, but he's also the corporate boss of various businesses that sell mushroom-based products, ranging from culinary, weapons manufacture, psychedelics, automotives, and housing. Hmm. His powers are completely based around mushrooms. <laughs> he nice. likes them a lot. His smoke is powerful enough that he can turn people, objects, and even entire like, significantly large areas into mushrooms with, like, no downtime. Damn. Yeah, also, remember how he runs all those culinary, like, restaurants and stuff that are based around (laughs) mushrooms? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mushrooms can sometimes be people, I guess, as a treat. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Hannibal just entered the chat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's cool. I I like his voice actor. I'm sure I, I know his voice actor in, in other things. Because he just sounds... Keith Silverstein. Oh! <laughs> no wonder I know him. He's Torbjorn in Overwatch. <laughs> Let me just make a note here that him voicing this badass, like, literal mafia leader in an anime is completely different from memeable Torbjorn in Overwatch. (laughs) Completely different voice. But yeah, he's fun. He's very, like, morally ambiguous. Like, he's Mm -hmm. clearly willing to do anything to keep himself in power, but, like, genuinely cares about the people who work for him 
and specifically takes people in who have clearly been in, like, rough situations. But, like, as a caveat, they have to be useful to him in some way. So it's sort Mm -hmm. of, like, scales and balances of, like, he's asshole, but he's also done some good, question mark. Mm -hmm. There is Shin, who is also a sorcerer. Uh, He's specifically one of N's enforcers slash cleaners. He wears a suit and his mask as a sorcerer is, like, heart-shaped, but he also wears it backwards. Oh, is it that, like, anatomically correct kind yeah. of mask? Yeah. Heart mask, yeah. So instead of, like, having the, like, actual mouth of the mask be where his mouth should be, he put extra holes in the back of it so he could wear it backwards. What? <laughs> Never explained. It's just what he does. All right. That's his quirk. That's what he does. He fights with a hammer as a weapon and has, like, pretty, pretty powerful magic as far as magic use is concerned. And what makes him perfect as, like, an enforcer for a literal crime family Mm -hmm. is that his smoke can mutilate people, like, chop them up into pieces, like, like sushi. Like, literally like sushi, he gets... People get cut into chunks, but they're alive. Like, uh, his, yeah. I don't like that. He uses it to, um, like, if N needs to question someone, here's this incapacitated person who's alive and just in pieces, like, slabs of fish. No, thank you. However, he's weirdly baby-faced. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> like, under the mask? Yeah, he wears an ill-fitting suit, and he gives very slacker energy vibes, unless he's, like, really interested in violence, because he loves violence. But he's really, 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 really baby-faced. He has, like, short, cropped, but, like, oddly soft blonde hair and blue eyes and, like, a really round face, and he wears glasses (laughs) when he's not wearing his mask. So he's very, very baby-faced. It's a weird dichotomy because it does, <laughs> when his mask is off, it, like, the first time you hear his voice, it doesn't, I don't feel personally like it matches all that much, but then it, it grows on you and you're like, okay, I like the dichotomy of a, of a baby-faced dude who enjoys violencing people. He is part of a, of a duo and the other one is Noe, and oh my god, Tumblr gif of the opening heart locket. Noe, my beloved. (laughs) I love her with all my heart. She's my favorite character. She's the other half of this enforcer slash cleaner team with Shin. She's, oh, she's heavily muscled and like seven feet tall. Oh no, she's buff. She's buff. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, she's buff. I can't. Like, you know that? What, what is it? That gif of that kid? Stop, stop. He's already dead. Stop, stop. I'm already gay. Yeah. That's what I told Jack when we were watching it. Oh my god. That's what I told my partner when we were both watching it. I was like, stop. I'm already, I'm already gay. <laughs> uh, so her mask, when she's wearing it, is like skin tight vinyl. It's like a dark blue, black. It's pretty basic. 
But when her mask is off, she's got, like, mid-back flowing white blonde sort of gray looking hair in the anime just like i don't know where she puts it all under the mask because i've worn (laughs) i've had to do bald caps when i was in makeup school and like if you have a lot of hair that just goes in a really uncomfortable ponytail like Mm -hmm. at the base of your neck it basically gets glued into place while you have a like a mask over you not comfortable at all i don't know where she puts it (laughs) and she has red eyes which possibly suggests she's albino mm-hmm. uh she has several piercing and piercings in her ears huh. and her smoke is also very powerful like shins like remember what i said about n hiring people that yeah may from the outside be his goodwill but like they are incredibly useful to him mm-hmm. because her smoke has the ability to heal herself and others from basically any injury. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very powerful. So like one of the enforcers can cut people up and be like, here you go, boss. And then if N doesn't want to kill them, he can just go, hey, Noe, put this dude back together and get him out of my house. Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's also N's younger cousin, but like their relationship is not like they don't seem close Mm-hmm. It seems like she is one of the few people who's allowed to take the piss out of him, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, she routinely, gi- routinely gives him shit throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. And everyone else seems to be, like, scared of him. So that's fun. But anyway, I love Noe. She's my favorite character. <laughs> Besides uh, Professor Kasukabe. <laughs> <laughs> Rounding out the main cast are, like, the two characters that are part of the main cast, but they're, like, not really the focus which is what happens when you start getting, like, a main cast that gets pretty big, is you have a couple characters that are technically main characters, but they either don't do a whole lot or they're really just there to be the comic relief characters. They're not ever really taken seriously. Mm-hmm. There's Fujita, who is a low-level sorcerer who works for N, and he's literally mostly comic relief, at least in season one. He wears a trapper hat, which is cute. He's also baby. He looks like he's he looks like he's twelve. I say he looks like he's twelve because he does, but he's probably at least eighteen, nineteen. Uh, and he wears a Tengu mask, which is which is nice. I love Tengu, so it's nice to see that there's a ten- Tengu mask. And he is usually accompanied by Ebisu, who is a sort of goth-looking teenage girl who wears a skull-shaped mask. She has really, 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 really bad luck and never seems to catch a break. And, like, she is the physical comedy punching bag of the show. Like, any physical comedy gag seems to happen to her, Mm -hmm. which is not great. Um, I personally don't like her so much as a character, at least with what I know of her in season one. Because literally she's portrayed as, like, a whiny teenage girl uh and then literally every bad thing happens to her and she's basically babysat by fujita so she's 10 feet tall she no oh my god oh when she's a lizard maybe because she has a lizard she has lizard based magic okay but but yeah those are the those are the main characters so the good things about dorohidoro we're gonna know 
Should we do the bad things first so we can end on a good note? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, I'll do the bad things about Daruhidoro. Here's what I don't like, because I want to end on a positive note, because as a show, I did really genuinely enjoy it. But the bad, um, starting off with the very fun and very tired trope of, that's a woman? Cool. Because of Noe's size, and the fact that she wears a mask half the time we see her, and her outfit itself is like a very gender-neutral, like, tracksuit. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a lot of titty, because it's mostly muscle. Mm-hmm. Other characters mistake her for a man when she's wearing her mask. A lot of the time, it, it happens, like, twice in the anime, so it's less of a deal. I don't know if it happens in the manga, if at all. I feel like that might be weird, considering it was written by a lady, but I also don't know anything about Q. Is it played off as, like... Like, it's shocking that a woman can look like that, kind of? No, it seems to be, like, just genuine, uh, like, a genuine mistake. Okay. Which makes it less bad. Like, it's very much not done in the way of, oh my god, I can't believe, like, a woman could look like that. It's done just like, oh, I thought you were a dude because you're big and buff. And then it's never, like, they don't do anything more with it than that. But it happens enough that it's annoying. Like, it happens twice, which is twice too many. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Cool. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> someone called Noe a woman in Dorohidoro, I would have two nickels, which is not bad, but it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> but yeah, so she as a character never seems bothered by it. Like, mm-hmm. she genuinely could care less, or she doesn't even notice that it's happened. And it, I just, I don't know. It's a trope that needs to die. Women can be big and buff and you don't have to make the joke that you don't think they're womenly enough for you. I think mm-hmm. that's stupid. That's one of my biggest pet peeves out of like this list of like four or five. Like that's definitely one of the big ones just because mm-hmm. personally, as someone who did do mixed martial arts, like growing up for most of my life, Women can be buff and can and will kick your ass. And (laughs) weight and size have absolutely fucking nothing to do with it. I've been able to dropkick dudes twice my size since I was 13. So, like, I don't bring that up a lot because it, like, I don't like to be like, oh, I did MMA and I can dropkick dudes. Like, da, da, da. Like, no, I did it because I liked it and I like the self-defense aspect of it. But, like... Literally, it has nothing to do about weight or size. It's about leverage. <laughs> mm-hmm. The animation itself can be a little bit janky, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Which is another... Uh, it's not, like, the the worst of- offender on this list of, of issues. But it seems to be done with 3D models on mostly 2D backgrounds, which is cool. For the most part, it's okay. Like, literally... <laughs> literally it's not x-arm so it's already anything (laughs) anything that's not x-arm is already fine like the characters look fine on the backgrounds they actually look really great during 90 percent of the fight scenes where it it gets a little weird is the character expressions themselves they don't make a whole lot of them Mm. unless they're like really really exaggerated like on cayman because he has a non-human face 
he has a lot more expression because he also mm-hmm. has like a giant mouth that you can open and make really wide and stuff. But a lot of the other human and humanoid characters don't have a lot of emotion when they're talking. And a lot of it, a lot of the emotion in certain scenes literally a hundred percent come from just the voice actors doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's not enough to like take you out of watching it. And I feel like it would only really be something you'd notice if you are, if you've watched other 3D animated shows and are used to like a specific quality. <laughs> Star Wars The Clone Wars, my beloved. <laughs> or like you are an artist yourself or a 3D modeler yourself and it's just something you would know. Because it's, it's literally just like the skin projected on a 3D skeleton. Mm. Which again, can make it look a little janky half the time. However, the bigger issue in terms of like the production of the actual show is that the translation is not the greatest. Mm-hmm. I did watch the English version of, of Doro Hidoro and the dialogue is really clunky. Mm. Like the voice acting is good. The voice acting is fine. The dialogue itself is honestly a subpar translation. There's a lot of dialogue where it's just really long chunks of exposition sentences that are not what normal people say or how normal people would say them in a conversation. Do you think the problem is that they were doing like like it makes sense as a translation from Japanese for like the sub, but they didn't translate it into like how it would sound natural in English? Yeah. It's very much like they translated it literally instead of when a dub is done better, where you take what they were saying in Japanese and then put it in a way that is legitimately in in English. Like, it is translated for English listeners to where they will understand the concept of what was being said, and it has the ideas that were being said. But it's not a one-for-one translation, because the sentence structure is completely different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, like, really awkward just one-off sentences that I guess in in Japanese would have been like parting phrases to show respect or something to do with someone's rank. And they just, it's real clunky. And again, God, like any dub team is listening to this, but you don't have to translate itadakimasu. Like, please just leave it in. Just leave it in. We don't say anything before we eat half the time unless you're religious and you're saying grace. Like... You can leave it. Anime fans know what you're talking about at this point. <laughs> Trust me. I wonder me. how much of that has to do with, like, the really pedantic uh, anime fans will complain if that's not in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, really and truly, you can just translate Itatakimasu. Like, which, for the very few people who don't know, hi mom, hi grandma, hi dad, um, who are listening... <laughs> It's basically giving thanks before you eat something in, like, a non-religious way. It's not, like, you're thanking God for food in in America if you're, like, Christian. It's, you're thanking usually the person who made the food for you, I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find... There's, like, a clip from some show. I can't even find it. But, like, there are two characters sitting down to eat lunch. And one of them goes, Itadaki mongoose. 
And the character <laughs> sitting across from him just looks up horrified, like, what the fuck just happened? It's extremely funny. Oh my god. It'd be like if you put on gloves, like, your winter gloves to eat a sandwich or something. You'd be like, I don't like what's happening. But I guess it's not entirely wrong. <laughs> like, that's no. the look on the face of the character hearing this. That's absolutely incredible. Oh my god. If I can find the clip, I'll post it because it's very funny. Please. But yeah, that's, like, as far as the production side, the translation is not the most unlistenable. It is, however, a little clunky. Mm -hmm. However, here we go. Here's my biggest fucking thing. Gay, very effeminate voice man, like, man voice trope fucking multiple times for multiple side characters. I hate it. I <laughs> It's the worst. There are at least three different side characters who use the incredibly high-pitched, very played-up effeminate gay voice. Mm. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> who? It's awful. Newsflash. So many gay men I know personally just talk n- normal. <laughs> I don't know if, like... I hope stuff has changed by now, but the last time I looked up, I guess, the, uh, like, atmosphere around LGBTQ plus people in Japan, Mm -hmm. and the vibe was kind of like, if you're flamboyant, then it's okay to be gay. Like, as long as you're doing it in a way that's, like, kind of, like, entertainment, then that's fine. I guess the idea is that if people can immediately tell that you're gay, that's fine. And, like, they can kind of dismiss you as, like, I don't know, like, that's just, like, your quirk or whatever. And it's, like, cute. And we kind of can dismiss it as, like, you're just (laughs) a weird person who's not really part of society. Ooh. Yeah. So if it was just a one-off, I would still be, like, side-eyeing it. Yeah. But it would have been less of an issue. It happens literally three times mm. where they're like oh my god like nah, 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 nah. i was like that feels like extra Ooh. uncomfortable in like the english version yeah and i'm pretty sure it's this it, it is unfortunately the same voice actor doing it for three separate characters uh... it's i it's it is honestly my biggest um criticism of the of the show in the english dub it's it's shitty. It sounds shitty. I don't know anyone who talks like that in real life. Mm-hmm. Even like the most effeminate gay man I know does not talk like that. I do wonder, like, why make the decision to keep that? Like, if the original was kind of homophobic, like, Whew. why did they decide to keep that in the English dub? Like, I've been wondering about this because there's like an obviously trans character in Fruits Basket. Mm-hmm. But she's always voiced by a man. Like, even in the remake that they did recently, in the English dub and the original Japanese, she's voiced by a man doing, like, I guess, kind of like a higher-pitched voice. Like a falsetto? Yeah. And it's like... <sighs> I wish... Fruits Basket is one of those shows that I wish understood gender better, because it's, like, the perfect story to talk about, like gender and sexuality and like what that means and stuff like that but it's very bioessentialist in a way that i do not enjoy so Ew. that sucks that's unfortunate that's honestly like as someone who barely knows anything about fruits basket that's honestly disappointing that they didn't update it yep. to be like voiced by if if not 
like a, a trans lady, at least a like a cis lady <laughs> instead of a right? cis dude. Like, because uh, here, newsflash, real quick, I want to say it for everyone, everyone at home listening, just in case. Uh, trans women are women. Trans <laughs> men are men. If you disagree, this is not the podcast for you. And you can, I don't know, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eddie Redmayne should not be winning awards for playing a trans woman. Uh-huh. Or Scarlett Johansson getting hired to play a trans man or whatever that was that she ended up backing out of because everyone was like, dude, you already played an Asian lady. Are you done? Can you stop? <laughs> My favorite um, running joke, though, is like, like it's been years since Ghost in the Shell, but people will still consistently make the joke <laughs> about her being Asian rep. It's very funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that joke will always be funny. Like, sorry, Scarlet, you dug your own grave with that. It will always be funny. But yeah, that's genuinely my biggest criticism of the show is like, mm-hmm. why did you do that? Why did you do that three times? It is not 2003. We have evolved past the need for gay, effeminate man voice trope. Like, we really have. It Genuinely, if you are a real-life gay man and you talk like that, good for you. If you are a cis dude who's doing that voice in it, like, as an actor in a show or something, I wish you would kindly fuck off. <laughs> like, no. And then the two minor things is something that you you caught on to earlier is that Professor Kasukabe is the ambiguous brown person. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, but, like, it is a consistent trope that, like, oh, we don't really understand representation or black people, so here's an ambiguously brown person. (laughs) (laughs) Although, to be fair, in Dorohidoro, at least... Professor Kasukabe is, like, a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he's a side character, but, like, still main cast. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a few appearances in the show, and later in the season, like, really does show what he's made of. And he is, quite honestly, a badass, and I do love him. Mm-hmm. But it, it still doesn't erase the fact that he is, again, ambiguously brown. Are there, like, other dark-skinned characters that show up, or is it just kind of, it's just him? Here's the thing. Not from what I can remember. So that'll hmm. tell you. So <laughs> that'll tell you that probably not, because I don't remember. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, the whole has some areas where it is very clearly based on Japan. So, like, the farther you get out of the main city where Cayman and... Nikaido are based it looks a lot more like the um the countryside of Japan Mm -hmm. just like architecture wise and uh where specifically Kasukabe lives looks like a like an old school traditional countryside Japanese home Mm -hmm. so I mean yeah okay it is a fictionalized version of Japan however hey remember how you do have black people who live in Japan Japan? There are black and brown people who live there. There are some that are half Japanese and have been born there. Please remember that. God, I'm just remembering this, like, Tumblr post where someone was making fun of someone who was complaining about uh, black people, or, like, 
POC in general in like video games or something. And they were like, what do you do? Walk up to black people on the street and be like, why are you black? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. We just exist sometimes. I remember that. But I think my final like criticism is Ebisu as a character is really annoying. (laughs) She is a horny teenage girl who is nothing but a nuisance. And it sucks that she's treated as a nuisance like within the show itself. Mm-hmm. So I guess me disliking her because she's a nuisance, I guess that comes through enough for me to not like her. But she, again, she can't catch a break and like nearly every injury or bad th- thing happens to her. Like not necessarily plot relevant things and sometimes plot relevant things, but like she consistently does not have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. For her, it feels very unkind. There's also a scene where she's, like, changing clothes and had, for redacted plot reasons, had trouble dressing herself. And so Fujita has to help her get dressed and, like, does a bad job so one of her titties is hanging out. Cool. She's canonically 13. I mean, she's probably closer to, like... 16, but that doesn't okay. change it. <laughs> That's still uncomfy. Yeah. I mean, on the bright side, sorcerers don't have nipples, it looks like. <laughs> so that made it a little less awkward. But <laughs> the fact that that was a scene and she's apparently a teenager is, hmm, hmm. Don't like that. Don't like that the teenager is constantly, like, horny on main either. <laughs> Like, yeah, teenagers can be horny on main, whatever. But I don't like that there's an entire joke around her trying to seduce some random people by getting a temporary boob job. That's also really uncomfortable. Yeah. So those are my criticisms of the show. However, mm-hmm. here are the things that I really liked about it. <laughs> Keeping those those uh, criticisms in mind. It's dark and gory but doesn't take itself too seriously like the humor is a lot of the time genuinely very funny there's a lot of physical comedy like slapstick and surprisingly enough but like the actual jokes themselves land nine times out of ten and it's a dark comedy which dark comedy is fun if done right and it does it right for the most part the setting design very good. I talked about it earlier. Studio Ghibli, but fucked up and evil. Mwah. Tasty. <laughs> Incredible. The whole looks like a really messed up version of the spirit world from Spirited Away. The sorcerer's world looks nearly exactly like the town that Sophie lives in in Howl's Moving Castle. Like, the sorcerer's world is like, they have like flying carpets? Mm. Like, that's their taxi service? <laughs> They have high-tech mechanical brooms because they, they're they sorcerers, so they don't fly on dingy little wooden brooms anymore. <laughs> like, genuinely, it's just, it's, it is very nice to look at visually, the backgrounds. Mm. Uh, and as far as the human world goes, like, Professor Kabe, Kasukabe's house is really nice. It's that traditional, really large in the country style of Japanese house with, like, a whole courtyard and everything. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks really pretty. 
But honestly, the best part of it is the character design. Mm -hmm. The character designs are really, 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 really fun. Sorcerer's masks, they're all really cool and unique and sort of give you hints about the character without knowing anything else about them, which is neat. Listen, I'm a simple gay. I see big lady, I go ooga. So, (laughs) (laughs) love Noe. (laughs) She's incredible. (laughs) And as far as, like, other characters, like, I like the dichotomy of Shin being unhinged, but, like, Mm baby-faced. I like Doc's fucking stupid medical sheet tattoo on his whole ass head. (laughs) A lot of the background characters look really interesting, because there are other characters who have been experimented on and practiced on by the sorcerers so there's a lot of like people with bug parts or people with squid parts just in the background Mm -hmm. and it makes for for an interesting setting but to finish off should you watch doro hidoro yeah (laughs) like it's fun (laughs) there are a couple issues with it like but there's also a couple issues with any piece of media like that should not unless it's absolutely heinous a couple of issues should not be a detriment to you checking out a show Mm -hmm. the concept of these two worlds that coexist with a completely unbalanced power dynamic is really interesting the post-apocalyptic part of it is fun it's grungy it's icky it's gory and but it's funny and it's funky it's it's nice also the gyoza look really good like (laughs) anime food man the gyoza genuinely look good. And I really hope they do get picked up for a season two. Because it's fun. Uh, however, if they don't, you can... I believe Viz is the current distributor of the manga. So mm-hmm. I believe that if you you do that subs- that online subscription or whatever, you should be able to to read the 23 volumes of Dorohidoro there. Which I'm actually I'm actually considering because I kind of want to read it, especially if the future of, of season two is continues to be uncertain. <laughs> I was sold like ten minutes into this, so hell yeah! <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at two leaves in a trench coat. We are on Twitter at two leaves in a trench. You can email us at leaves in a trench coat at gmail.com. Our opening theme is Our Way by Whitney, and our ending theme is Chocolate Sunglasses by Drunken Foreigner Band. I'm Madison. And I'm Suzanne. And uh, Light Yagami was not right, and Misa deserved better. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>